Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a Bald Move Prestige podcast. It's got a first-run movie edition. We're talking about the movie Amsterdam, the latest David O. Russell film that stars literally everyone in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I can't. I mean, let's just off the top of my head: Margot Robbie, uh, uh, Anya Taylor Joy, uh, Zod, so Saldana. Uh, oh right, yep. yeah, it's odd. Yep, uh, David Washington, John, uh, David J D Washington, as I call him, because we're good friends. Right, uh, you've got uh, uh, you got Batman. <clears throat> you've got uh, you've you've got Batman. Uh, yeah, Which, you've got Christian Bale. Yeah, <laughs> you've got young Vito Corleone, Robert De Niro, uh-huh. uh, just, uh, so many people, so many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this movie, you did you were you say Mr. Robot? Mr. Yeah. Robot himself. Um, it stars everybody, and it's getting mixed reviews. This thing is in the fifty-ish on Rotten Tomatoes. I noticed, and yeah, and as I was watching, I'm like, okay, I'm coming in this movie, and I and I was I was clued in by by Cecily that the ratings were kind of eh, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? I remember Roger Ebert gave a two star review to. Um, shit, what was that movie we just watched about Up? the existential detectives? Oh, uh, uh yeah. her Huckabees. Right, right, right. And, and and it was like muddled. People were like, what the fuck is? It? And then like, I think twenty years on, it's like, oh, this movie is actually a brilliant piece about a particular kind of feeling and psychological moment. You know, people people were having. And I feel like this is another one of those movies where it's like it's kind of on the pulse, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that aren't kind of getting it, but. I think it's going to age really well, and un- and underneath it all, it's a well it's a well told f- movie. Yeah, I, I feel like it's hard not to get what this movie is putting down because it kind of puts it all down at the end in very plain language. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I don't think it's that people aren't understanding it, but maybe maybe they're not feeling its vibe early on because this movie. Our producer mm. said this before we went in starts off slow, and I, I think it does, and it, it starts off with the setup for a murder mystery, but I don't really feel like this is a mystery movie. Like this is just like almost an adventure movie in a weird way. Um, it's just a much more mundane type of adventure movie. People aren't swinging from trees on vines and, and fighting monsters and stuff. It's just like, I don't know how to describe it. It's very quirky, very, very quirky. And it's humor is kind of understated a lot. It's a, it's, it's like a noir film for sure. Like you, oh, maybe it's totally. not a murder mystery, but like a detective movie, it's, you know, it's it's almost like a Sherlock Holmes because you got this guy who's a medical doctor, another Kinda, guy's a lawyer, but nobody is particularly go- competent, right? It's not like they have the guy who who's Poirot or whatever. It's just I it, mean, kind of they they find their way through figuring out why they're being framed for murder. Yeah, I thought no, I think Harold's a really good lawyer, civil rights attorney, and I think the other dude is a really uh-huh. good doctor. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's he's probably good. He's on the lot. He's a good doctor. He's on one for sure. Oh, he's on one, sure. But like, that's the thing is like, um, you know, there's many many themes in this movie uh, about trends, about history repeating itself, and when uh-huh. one of the cycles it was observing is the nation's gratitude towards um, veterans. Veterans, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know how much support they should be given. They're being called shiftless bums when they've left, you know, their legs and their arms and their eyes over in godforsaken fields of France, and when they're you know no longer convenient, they're kind of discarded. Um, mm-hmm. 
And uh, I thought that like they made a point that this guy is like kind of brilliant with the prosthetics. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Which I I think that's such a fascinating. I mean, this is going to be a kind of a, this is a weird rambly movie, so it's going to be a weird rambly <laughs> kind of podcast. Mm-hmm. But like I thought, I thought that stuff is really fucking fascinating. Ever since I watched Empire, um, Boardwalk Empire. Oh yeah, yeah, because they had that that Jack Houston character um, mm-hmm. that you know lost half his face in in World War One. He's just a badass. He wore his little tin mask. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, that's so cool that they, they had this little thing that kind of allows someone to walk down the street without people gasping at you. Right. Sure. And sure. I, I found an article that like went in. So I think someone sent it into us when we were covering the show. It's like, you know, the history. And if anything, that show fucking undersold how sophisticated some of those masks were. Hmm. Like some of them were like really, really cunningly designed to where like you it's like get it for a really reasonable facsimile of the person. And I thought that's like. All the different ways you saw that happen in the film was like baseline fascinating. I guess that's my real takeaway from this film is like I thought it was relentlessly watchable. Even when I felt like I didn't know where it was going and like, holy shit, a time jump. What the fuck? And (laughs) I'm like, I'm watching fascinating, interesting to look at, oftentimes beautiful people doing surprising things with their faces and bodies Mm-hmm. against really well shot and well lit interesting sets like it's a feast for my eyes even if i couldn't figure out where things were going and i re- yeah i i really liked the experience of watching it yeah no this movie has a definite personality uh like i said i, I think it's surprisingly funny it, it's funny in like an even more like droll kind of cohen sort of way uh, yeah. cohen brothers it's very it, dark, baseline uh-huh. dark, um, but no, oh, it's extremely like a, dry. Yeah, like a British version of uh, Mel Brooks. I, I, I don't know. There's like a weird well, you know what tone it is? to the, the perfect, whole thing. They got the perfect person to dish this flavor out, Mike Myers. Yes. Like, yes. he, like, I forgot how funny Mike Myers can be when he just does exactly what's required. Uh-huh. And he was kind of like he he's like Peter Sellers in uh, sure. uh, Dr. Strangelove. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just fucking killing it. And only kind of he could have done it. And it's yeah. hysterical, but like not in kind, not in a knee slapping kind of way. Just right. like the more you see it, the more you kind of like, oh, this is, you know, you start chuckling. I. Mm-hmm. And, and the chemistry that he had with uh, General Zod, who the fuck is uh, M- M- Michael Shannon? Yeah, yeah. I thought was I don't know. It's just it's just really funny. These like very timid guys trying to blow the lid off of. <laughs> I yeah. I don't I don't want to spoil too much of the movie. Damn, I forgot. Yeah, what I and their whole section. pretense thing is hilarious. I love it. it the, the whole movie is like couched in a sort of pretense, right? Right up until it isn't, and then. And then I feel like, okay, you you pull back the curtain and now I'm in on what the movie is doing. But I was very, very confused for a while. Like, what is this movie doing? What what is the point of all of this? And eventually it gets around to it. And I will say I liked the place that it ends. Because I think it had to take its time to show, like, fully all these different patterns develop, like all these different Mm -hmm. things and like how they all kind of fit together, interlock. Um, Yeah. And that made, I think, the the ending and allowed it to kind of be kind of breezy and kind of treat each subject like, oh, look at this thing about veterans and look at this thing about uh, 
you know, uh, economic opportunities and and uh, these 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 other plights, social justice plights, and you know, women's psychiatric sure. things, and all, like all these kind of like mm-hmm. just kind of pastiche, but it kind of like paints this landscape, and then it kind of like fully develops. It's like a Bob Ross painting. It kind of all comes together around the <laughs> sure. cabin at the end. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. oh, it's in his mouth. It's like, oh, you fucked it up, Bob. You you gone way off the pay. And then, oh shit, I didn't. I thought that was a bush. He made it into a fence, and the whole game changes. I felt uh-huh. like that's. That's the experience I got watching this David O. Russell film. Yeah, I was happy I didn't know too much about it, too. I knew Mm -hmm. the premise, which is in the the 1930s, a group of friends are framed for murder. And that's kind of it. They go on a journey to figure out who framed them and why. Uh, That's the setup. And then, yeah, I felt like everything else that came after was really enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it it does make some some interesting points that... Because uh, I thought also the film is very hopeful. Yes. You know, that like it's, you know, some of the stuff is like baseline, just ridiculous mm-hmm. and kind of falls apart under the weight of itself. Like I'm remembering that um, one of the things that like really rapidly eroded the Ku Klux Klan's fan base in the, the 60s, one of the, the programs they used that was most effective at undermining it was they had these plots on Superman, the radio show, where Superman would investigate the Ku Klux Klan, and they just, like, unironically used their terminology, like Grand Cyclops and Regional Wizard and Imperial Dragon of it. It's just so fucking... Mm -hmm. I hate women club kind of nonsense. Just, like, like seven-year-old boy in a wooden fort horseshit that, like, people, like, it's just, like, completely took away their mystique and revealed them as just a bunch of chuckle fucks, right? Sure. Um, and I feel like at the end of the, there's this scene about like walrus skin oh, something yes. or other yes. where I'm like, it's not that evil can't, it's just, it's just, it's just, it gets stupid. It mm-hmm. just gets crazy. And it's just weird. Like people that are like evil and controlling are just weird and off putting and they can't, they can't ever get anything done because it's just too fucking weird, you know? Yeah, I mean, they can get things done, but they always go too far with it, right? Like, yeah. what, what do you? It's the problem of like, what do you give the person who has everything? Yeah. Well, what do they? What do they do with everything? Like, what do you yeah. do with everything? <laughs> there's, there's only, there's only so much you can do that's within norms, and then you just become a weirdo. Yeah. No, it's almost like you like, go try uh, and buy Twitter or something. I don't know. Right, and it's like it also made me think a lot about. Um, like cults, maybe I'll talk about that too. Like, um, okay, why cults like eventually, you know, can't? It's, I don't ever worry about like a religious cult taking over the world. You know, not long term anyway. Maybe short term. It's happened before, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we'll see. Um, what else do we want to talk about? I, 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 this movie is just so gorgeous in how it's shot and lit. Um, yeah. Man, my wife was I, talking about the makeup jobs on the people look incredible. Not not like prosthetics because those look great too, but uh-huh. like the actual makeup. Uh, well, they do really good aging and de-aging. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't believe how smooth and young Christian Bale looked in those mm-hmm. 19, like 18 shots, right? Yeah, um, I'm sure they just use like a Snapchat filter or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like every once in a while I thought it turned into a puppy dog nose and he uh-huh. looked the screen, but that's, you know, mm-hmm. no, I, it's, it's uncanny what they're able to do because I, I didn't even realize it happened until they flash back into the present. I'm like, Oh fuck. It's back to being, you know, like even Margot Robbie is like, you know, what is she late thirties now? 
uh maybe mid 30s early 30s i really don't know because she's like in the early in the france or amsterdam 1918 scene she's like a fucking barbie doll she has no creases holy shit she's, she's born in 1990 okay. yeah but she's yeah she's like she's like a a a, a she's seamless there's no there's no yeah. there's no yeah they've completely de-aged her uh it's insane and then she looks like margot robbie when we go to the the quote-unquote present day in the what mid-30s yeah i don't know i i thought this movie was great and it's really well <laughs> made i i would love to know more about the because like you know that's the thing i think fascinating about david o russell is that like he's just got this reputation of being like a kubrickian nightmare but like this mm-hmm. movie has got just like I Heart Huckabees has got this kind of like light and bounce to it. That's like how how does a maniacal person make that stuff? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I I got a bunch. I don't know. It might get weird in the uh, it might it, got, it might get weird in the commercial jump or uh, the post uh, spoiler jump. Uh, I don't know. This might be a good podcast. It might be a terrible. One. We'll see. Do you have anything else to contribute before we talk about trailers? Just one other question. Yeah, because everybody in this movie is doing kind of accents and stuff. I think uh, uh-huh. Christian Bale's doing a New York accent, uh, and you've got Margot Robbie doing some kind of is is she trying to do New Jersey or is she just doing like half Harley Quinn? I thought she was doing like old money Jersey. Okay, you know, like thirst, like I think of a Thurston Howell, <laughs> sure. only only from uh-huh. Jersey. Yeah, I, okay. I think that's what I got from her. It's very um, great Gatsby. I, I feel like Margot Robbie has just done too many Harley Quinn performances, and now she can't. She can't get rid of the accent. Yeah, she just kind of slips into it every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I could be wrong. This could be intentional. But then that, we saw a preview for another Margot Robbie movie, and she's doing the same accent. Hmm. So like, I don't know what to think. Is that her natural accent? Is that possible? Because I don't, I it's honestly possible. don't know anything about Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. other than she is super fantastic to look at and That's, has, yeah. has been right. for Jesus Christ. the last decade. Like it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now back with more Bald Move. Okay. Do we want to move on to the trailer section? Yeah. Let's talk about it. So I got a little bit to the theater a little late. I think I missed at least one trailer. Do you want to fill me in? Because I got to the Fablemans is where the first full trailer I got to. Oh, okay. You missed a couple then. Um, All right. So there's a movie called Devotion, which is about uh, two fighter pilots, one white, one black. And it seems like they are forced into situations together where they're uh, a lot like this movie. Uh, forced to depend on each other for their lives and mm. over the course of uh, I think it's a North Korea or a Korea, the Korean War perhaps mm-hmm. um, they form a bond and you know that becomes unbreakable all that stuff uh, typical war stuff there mm. but I don't know looked looked pretty good it's got uh, I think this is the one with what's his face um, from Lovecraft Country and Loki. Oh, uh, Jonathan Majors. Yeah, Jonathan Majors. Uh, I don't know. Look, it looks good, though. Probably not at my alley. Our, our, produ- our producer let me know that Margot Robbie is 32 and Australian. So take the jersey. 
<laughs> Take the Jersey girl option off the table. That yeah. Myth busted. Okay. So she's just got Harley brain at this point. Yeah, Harley mouth. That's yeah. It's when she goes and like, I, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. You reach for an American accent. You've been doing it for like 16 movies. Uh-huh. Like that'll wear a groove in your tongue. I would think totally all her acting coaches have been telling her, okay, do this accent. Now mm-hmm. she just thinks that's an American accent. Yeah. And you know, she's not wrong. It is an American accent. Uh, so I, so that what, what, what movie was this again? Uh, it was called devotion. Huh? All right. What was the other one? Did you say, uh, there, there's a movie coming out called Armageddon time. And yeah. So I, I don't know if Anthony Hopkins is a racist. I can't tell if he's a racist or if he's a guy who like survived. That's a serious charge. (laughs) Or if he's a guy who survived. uh, Oh, I saw like the final seconds of it because it has Anne Hathaway. This is the one with Anne Hathaway. Armageddon. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, And it's kind of about a kid who is a Jewish kid who befriends a black kid at school. And then his parents really hate that. And so they send him off to another school and he gets with all the, you know, fancy white kids and they start asking him questions about his black friend and he's torn between the two lives, right? Like, does he want to honor his old friend and still be friends with him? Or does he want to like be integrated into this new life with, with all the white kids? Um, and, you know, he, it seems like he sort of, I don't know if he seeks the counsel of his grandfather or if his grandfather's just there to counsel him. Uh, takes it upon himself, but it, I don't know. Uh, looks all right. Looks all right. Mm. Okay. I don't think any of these movies are gonna like bring down the have the box office house, but uh, they're they're there. Uh, we also have the the Fablemans. Right. So this is an interesting concept. This is Steven Spielberg writing and directing a movie that's loosely a biopic based on Steven Spielberg's life. Mm-hmm. The Fablemans are the Spielbergs. Yeah. And I guess the fascination for me is like, how autobiographical is it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is this like... I mean, clearly, this this has got to probably be something that like he is comfortable sharing with the world. Like, I doubt this is the unvarnished like everything. But like, how? I don't know. I, 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 I I'm I'm inherently fascinated by something. I mean, this is a guy who I don't know. He's my favorite director, but holy shit, has he had a stranglehold on my uh, imagination and attention from like the time I first sat down to watch movies mm-hmm. to the present day? I mean, people talk a lot of shit and like, oh ho ho, Ready Player One. But sure, I mean, I don't know. Has he fallen off? I honestly don't. Maybe he. Ha- I just, I just watched Lincoln. That's from the last ten years. Now it's fucking awesome. True. Uh, let's give the people. Let's give the people their money's worth tonight. I'm actually going to crack and do some research here. Okay. Has Steven Spielberg fallen off? <laughs> what do you think? You just type that into Google. Holy sh- no! Well, I don't know. Maybe the Fablemans suck. West Side Story, absolute banger. That I'm a. Fuck all you people who like musicals to shit on it. I like musicals. That was a fucking good musical. Suck a bag of unsalted dicks if you don't agree. Ready Player One, horse shit, garbage. Not much you could do with that. Yeah. The Post, eh, a big heart movie. You know, shot of hopium and patriotism in a, in a time when the, the country was, was feeling kind of low. BFG, eh, I don't know. Bridge of Spies, that was pretty good. 
Warhorse, Adventures of Tintin. That's his last 10 years. That's fucking bang. Like, about two. That's like pretty solid bangers. Wait, Lincoln's in there too. That's yeah. 2012. Lincoln has not fallen off. I'm, I'm no. sorry. Lincoln will never fall off. He died. He, he died the hero. Spielberg has not fallen off yet. That's my thesis here. And I'm interested in seeing this movie. Uh, I think that's one of our bald move movies. Uh, potentially, yeah. I yeah, it's going to come out the week of the uh, uh, Thanksgiving, so it'll be like an early, like crazy thir- Tuesday release. Oh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of like this one, except early. Yeah. Uh, then we had Babylon. Yes, Brad some Pitt, other Margo Marabi movie. Yeah, like Once Upon a T- Hollywood Part Volume 2 or something. It's... yeah. Uh, very wild. Um, it reminded me a lot of shit. What was that film that uh, Gary Once Oldman? Upon a time in Monk. Oh, was that the was that the the one about the Mank? Mank. Yes, it reminds me of that kind of like maybe even just slightly pre Hollywood decadence era. Mm-hmm. I'm always a sucker for like you know Hollywood gazing at its own navel. It's it's almost always uh, fun. Uh, yeah, it seems like this edifying. is the maybe the Roaring Twenties, perhaps. I don't know, but Brad Pitt's playing a flapper, I think. Uh, <laughs> He's disreputable. I don't know. This movie looks like a lot of fun. It looks like a nonstop dance party for two hours featuring yeah. Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt, which, all right. Yeah, I'm pretty into that movie. Uh, we've, we've talked about Black Adam before, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. another movie Wakanda we're, forever. We're, we're contractually obligated to watch, as is Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever is almost three hours long. Motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, Spider-Man pulls that shit and kind of pulls it off. This seems like a yeah. big fucking event. Like, That's this movie's got to cover a lot of ground. Yeah. And I'm super curious to see... Uh, if they if if it can if it can do everything it kind of needs to do to get on to the next uh, Black Panther, and still like it's goddamn it's got to do so much. But the trailers yeah. look amazing. Oh, they do. Yeah, it's a, it's a great trailer. Uh, they they always manage to like, I guess make almost three hour movies feel a lot less long. So mm. I, I'm willing to you know say okay, Marvel can do an almost three hour movie and keep me interested. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how they pull this one off. And I, I like the first Black Panther. So I just think I I wouldn't even hate it if I, we did. Can, can the 46 year olds of us get like a 10 minute intermission? Can we right? can we get an intermission? Yeah. You'll sell can... more Coke. I can't I can't <laughs> drink but one 32 ounce Coke. If yeah. I kind of sit for three hours, three point five hours to watch a movie, man. Got to be able to take an intermission. Yeah. Call Stanley Kubrick. And we got the menu. Which is a weird ass film starring Rafe Fiennes as a celebrity cannibal chef, maybe? Perhaps. Each of his meals are like, they take place on an island in a fortified bunker where he trucks in rich people to pay way too much money for a meal and then tells them a story. And it seems like this story is going to be how I ate your mother. Firefest part two i yeah it's i <laughs> yeah. mean i just I'm gives him ham sandwiches <laughs> yeah uh-huh. your accommodations are not so deluxe <laughs> uh this feels like I, a netflix movie like a straight to netflix oh it? dump it dump mm. it with four other movies on the same yeah. friday 
I don't know. I don't know. My, it's it's got a it's, it's the cast is what's got me fascinated. This is like a this is yeah. a serious cast. It could Ralph be a farce Fiennes, too. Joy. I'm I'm interested in seeing it, but yeah, this is not like day one oh, theater type no, no, thing. No, no, for no, no. Me. This is I, yeah. I'm not trying to apply. It's a, a bald movie. Right, um, right. I will uh, I will imply these as uh, uh, as bald movies. We are going to see Black Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, roughly October twentieth. We are going to see Wakanda Forever. That is roughly November 10th. We are going to see the Fablemans. That's the week of Thanksgiving. That's roughly the 22nd. And we are going to see Avatar. Yeah, I didn't write that one down, but the water way of water. Uh, uh, yeah, and that'll definitely. be probably the last thing that we do, the, la- the last bald movie for the year. I think there's something that mm-hmm. we're interested in watching that comes out at Christmas, but I, we're trying to hold the line on uh, Christmas being pretty sac- sacrosanct uh, yeah. as far as chill time. So... Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I think it's a pretty good slate. I'm excited. Some, some big box office, uh, DC gets some mo they, I mean, if they can make Dwayne, the rock Johnson into an action movie star, finally shouldn't be fucking hard, but if they can do it, <laughs> right. like there, that's, that's like a billion dollars a picture that they've got for like three, four pictures. Mm-hmm. And also just single-handedly is a big shot in the arm. I mean, DC's got some fucking mojo and momentum going all of a sudden. Um. Anyway, yeah. Uh, it, that is going to be it for the non-spoiler trailer talk. Uh, here's where we leave the public side behind. We're gonna uh, kick kick the rest of this behind the paywall. If you want to hear our extended thoughts and our spoiler-filled thoughts about this movie, Amsterdam, please go to support.baldmove.com. Check out Club Bald Move for ad-free feeds and tons of other bonus content. Everybody else will see you on the other side. <laughs>